0: starting and working with the Korean people there. So those are a few updates from our missionaries and uh, this morning and even though there's not many children, I think of every child that's in this house and that's an awesome thing. And so uh, I want to remind you vacation Bible school is coming up in just a few weeks. We have a lot of people that we've invited, uh, to town Parkland. <coughs> uh Many of these towns have all, almost half the town of Granville has been invited. We've gone down some down in Hudson Falls. Um, several folks have been out this week. Whitehall. A good part of Whitehall has been done as well. I encourage you to join us next Sunday for outreach as we seek to continue to put the word out and invite more children out to Vacation Bible School coming up just in two weeks on Sunday night it will start. Uh, let's do this verse, even though uh, there's a few children. Okay, everybody helping with us, and we're going to uh, say this verse together. This would be a good verse for all of us to get down. This is Habakkuk 3:18 together. Habakkuk 3:18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk 3 18. This morning, does anybody have anything to give thanks to God for? Just two people. Anybody got anything to give thanks to God for this morning? You can be one of the two. You have something to give thanks Amen. That's awesome. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? One more person. Something to give thanks for this morning. Just visitors today. Amen. Amen. Thank God for that. As hey, you say it, it's open floor, then everybody wants to share. Like, oh, <laughs> Alright, you guys are perfect. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning. First Corinthians, if you join me there. First Corinthians and chapter four. First Corinthians and chapter four. Last week, we looked in Colossians about how Jesus is the head of the church. He's the Savior of the body. He's the leader. He wants to be in charge of everything. He wants to guide. He wants to work. And in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 4, we see some wonderful truths that help us in our church. If We think about this Sunday, remembering the 4th of July. The freedom we have, the freedom we have, is because of those who stood for their faith in Christ. If I'm not mistaken, there was a 52 or 42 out of those at the time that signed the Declaration of Independence. It was 52. 52 out of the 55 were born-again believers, and uh, we're just reading that in the devotion this morning. And uh, what a great thing! That those who founded our land, the majority believers in Jesus Christ. And you say, "Well, some of them were deists." Yes, some of them were. But they understood the importance of Jesus Christ in putting him first. First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Let's look at the verse. For though ye have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet have ye not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. For this cause I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and faithful in the Lord. Who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Let's join together, ask the Lord to help us understand his word this morning. Father, thank you for your word. I pray you open our eyes to understand that we might perceive, discern, and receive, Lord, the truth that you have for us today. I ask that you would help us to be uh, as men, to be leaders that are godly. Follow God and fathers in the faith. Pray for women in the room. That they would be godly examples. And that we would follow Christ. And that we would make a difference. Lord, I pray that you would use each of us to impact this world for Christ. And we do pray for any in the room who may not trust yet in Jesus Christ. You bring them to a place. They return from their sins to the Savior. Putting all their faith in Jesus Christ. We call upon your name. Please. We thank you for what you will do. We ask the all in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul is exhorting these believers and he says, you have, he says, 10,000 instructors in Christ. Yet have ye not many fathers?
1: Paul recognized
0: these Corinthian believers had a desperate need, and if you study the book of uh, Corinthians and you study the life of the church at Corinth, they had some deep needs and directly linked to the lack of, Fathership in their life They had many instructors They had heard a lot of information But they did not have many fathers In the faith and Paul goes on to Describe himself as Their father in the faith He says I have begotten You through The gospel Those of us have children in the room We have a great responsibility don't we There are children and when Father's Day rolls around fathers uh, You are a father because of your children Mother, when you have Mother's Day rolls around and you celebrate Mother's Day, you're a mother because of your children. Because you have those who come behind you, those who you're seeking to nurture. But spiritually speaking, all of us can have spiritual children, and we have a responsibility before God to have children in the faith. Paul had spoken to the Corinthians rather harshly back in verses 6. He said, These things, brethren, uh, I have in figure transferred myself into to for your sakes, that ye might learn in us not to think of men, above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up one against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what, didst thou that thou didst, and what hast thou that, that didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? Now ye are full, now ye are rich, ye have reigned as kings without us. I would to God that ye did reign, that we also might reign with you. Paul wanted them as believers to understand that every good thing they had received, somebody had given it to them. The truth that we have received has been passed on to us, and we have owed a debt of gratitude to our fathers in the faith. Paul insisted that his goal was not to make them feel badly about themselves, because he considered them to be beloved children. He told, hoped, however, that they would turn around and go in a better direction in which they were going, and instead of comparing leaders, that they would follow Christ. We should note that Paul was not asking to be referred to by the title of father, but his intent was to explain he had a role in their spiritual life. He he had a role, and his role was that he had mentored them, that he had fathered them in the faith. He often describes himself as a father in the faith to those who trusted in Christ as a result of his ministry. This metaphor describes his love for those under his care, and to claim some amount of responsibility and authority in their life. When you're called a father, you have children. It is a a responsibility to then nurture them up in the same way Paul says, "I take that responsibility to father." He said Timothy was his son in the faith. He describes Titus as his son in the faith, and we'll see those later on. Uh, Paul though describes though that they had these guides. They had numerous guides. He said self-professed tutors, but only one father. And this word, Greek word, "mirus." Means countless. He's saying that literally without number, you have all these fathers in the faith. There's always some another teacher. I mean, sorry, he's saying these instructors in the faith. There's always some other teacher, some new instructor. And he said, you have 10,000 instructors, but he says you have not many fathers. He said, you need to understand your role and where you're at. I and mean, God's given you fathers in the faith and be thankful for them. I tell you, growing up in the faith and being around the faith, uh, I would say, without a doubt, fathers are essential. We thank God for the founding fathers who gave us freedoms we possess. We, we thank God it took courage and valor They stood for the principles in God's word. We thank God who, for those who stood for the faith and so that we could have a church to worship God in, those who stood up, the fathers in the faith. A father, in the sense of this verse, is one who has infused his own spirit into others and who actuates and governs their minds. One who has infused his strength into them. Hey, he's going to give them an influence and they follow his influence. Like it or not, uh, this week and today in this year, there is one father who is directing 38% of the world. Does anybody know who his name is? There is one father who is telling you what you can think, what you can do, where you can go, And if you don't like it, just put a little cover over what you say, because it disagrees with his ideology. His name is Mark Z. He's the father to 2.85 billion people in this world. He literally tells them what you think. Those are the active users on Facebook. 2.8 billion. There are only 7.6 billion people in this world. He literally controls what we can and cannot tell you, what you and I cannot share with one another, he fathers us. You say, I don't like that. I don't like it either. It's a tool to communicate the gospel to people. It's the only reason I use it. And my friend, uh, it, is, it is a tool used to control the minds of human beings. Like it or not, he is the father to 2.8 billion people in the world. The father is the one who, according in the tense of this word, it means one who has infused his own spirit into others, one who actuates or governs their minds. And Indeed, he has governed our minds. of the world, under the control and influence of one man. Another man who was fathered at 1.3 billion souls knew they his, Pope Francis, Pope Francis, the father of 1.3 billion souls. Since 2013, he has directly influenced the minds of 1.3 billion souls who came to be So I ask you today, where is the gospel-centered, Christ-centered father in the faith? It seems that we have many instructors, but along the way we've lost the sense of biblical fathership. We've lost the sense of those who are our leaders in the faith who are genuinely leading the direction of the nation, in a spiritual direction towards Jesus Christ, a father in the faith. They're missing, sadly, today. They're rare to find. But this morning, I want to delve into this subject and and biblically deal with it, as Paul describes fathers in the faith. He says we have 10,000 instructors, and we would say without a doubt today in America, there is more places where you can click and go and watch somebody teaching the Word of God than we've had anywhere or any time up to this point. There's more instructors than we've ever had, but yet not many fathers in the faith. Our expectations and matters of a session spiritual father seem to be sometimes inconsistent and unreliable. I want to describe to you this morning the biblical father in the faith. And uh, you might say, well, you know what? I haven't had a biblical father in the faith. My friend, um, when I first became a pastor here, I sought to get a father in the faith who would mentor me and help me. And you know what? It's hard to have somebody who will do that. I asked several men to do that, and many of them were too busy. And it's been hard, now I have found several who help fulfill that role, but it is hard to find a father in the faith. Okay, It is hard to find somebody who will be your spiritual guide in the faith. But when you have one, you have to thank God for it. In 1 Corinthians 4, we see one aspect of this father in the faith. First, the father in the faith, they have spiritual sons in the faith. Paul describes his relationship. He says, you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, he says, I have begotten you through the gospel. He says he was their father. He goes on in verse 16, I beseech you therefore, for me, followers of me. He goes on in verse 17, for this cause I send you to Timotheus, who is my beloved, what does he say? Son. So he says Timothy's his son, so he's the father who has spiritually influenced Timothy. And by the way, if you read of Timothy, Timothy had some godly a godly mother, a godly grandmother, but as we recall, it didn't seem like his father provided much spiritual influence on his life. So Paul was his spiritual father. Spiritual fathers have sons in the faith. Now, women, you might be in the room and say, What in the world does this message have to do for me? You be a spiritual influence to those around you. You be a godly example. You say, "I don't have any children. I don't have any uh, people who are directly under my roof right now." You can be a spiritual example to them, and even by being in the house of God, having the spirit in the house of God, you can be a great influence to them. A spiritual father's influence is unparalleled and it is priceless. Paul described this relationship with First Timothy and then with Titus. Look, look with me, if you would, Hold your finger here. Look to First Timothy one two. First Timothy one two. Let's see what Paul says about his relationship to his son in the faith. 1 Timothy 1, in verse 2. Paul describes his relationship with Timothy. A spiritual father will have spiritual children. It says, unto Timothy my own son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. And he gives some fatherly instruction. As I besought the Jehovah's still at Ephesus, and I went to Macedonia, and I charged some that they teach no other God. He says, Timothy, here's some things you need to teach, here's some things you need to not teach. Timothy, here's what you need to do. He's his instructor in the faith, and Timothy listened to his spiritual father. I submit to you that in our culture today and in Christianity, we have lost this relationship of spiritual fathers. And uh, because that relationship has been broken, a lot of things get broken down relationally. A lot of times, as a church, uh, we can struggle sometimes to grow because of the lack of spiritually mature men who are not only behind the, the pastor, but also who are leading in their homes or influencing the community. Spiritually mature fathers in the faith. I encourage you, with those around you at work, wherever you work, your employees, your, your employer, whoever you're with, the people that you're around, influence them towards Jesus Christ, Influence them towards the things of God. And seek to have some spiritual children in the faith. Paul had a vision for this. And a purpose. And a desire that he might have sons in the faith. Wherever Paul traveled, wherever he went, he had children in the faith. People he had led to Christ who were disciples And who were growing and making a difference. And my friend, God wants each of us to have spiritual children in the faith. Spiritual sons in the faith. It goes without saying that a spiritual father will have spiritual uh, children, spiritual sons in the faith, men who follow in his example, and follow him as he follows Christ. Look in Titus as well, if you would. Titus in chapter 1, verse 4. Titus 1, verse 4. Paul describes his relationship with Titus. He says in this passage in verse 4, to Titus, my own son, after the common faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God, Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. So he says, Timothy's his son of the faith. He says, Titus is his son of the faith. They're following Christ. They're making a difference. They're influencing others through Christ. On this day, as we thank God for our founding fathers, let us strive to uphold the current fathers of the faith and There's somebody who has a son in the faith. There's somebody who's trying to have a son in the faith. Trying to influence somebody for God. You ought to pray and pray without ceasing. And God would use them. And God would use you in the same way. If there's a man who's fathering others in the faith. That's leading them to walk with God. Know God and be a witness to Christ. We have a responsibility to help them. Expecting nothing in return. A responsibility to help them have sons in the faith. When I look through our missionaries. Brother Snow has sons in the faith. I thank God for missionaries who have sons in the faith. Men that they're mentoring, who go on and do great things for God. And uh, that's the goal, wherever you go, whatever you do, that there be people who follow Jesus Christ and make a difference for the gospel. Spiritual sons in the faith. It's a mark of being a father in the faith. You've got to have sons in the faith. Just like in order to be a father, you have to have a child. Secondly, they uphold the gospel with their lives. Look back, if you would, in our text, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and notice another aspect in that verse. We mentioned it a moment ago. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, notice, if you would, the latter part of the verse. He says, I have begotten you through the gospel. He describes that he had birthed them through the gospel. You say... Did Paul do it all of his own self? No, obviously God does the saving. But Paul did the influencing because Paul was walking with God. They uphold the gospel with their life. Jeremiah chapter 50 describes the relationship with God and his people. And as I was reading my devotions this morning, I noticed this verse. And it would be appropriate to share this. Jeremiah 50 verse 6. It says, My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. Remember what Paul said. Back in this verse, he says, "Though well, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. Sometimes we have instructors who lead us in a wrong way. How many times do you as a parent, right, you send your child off to school, you send them to class, you send them somewhere to be instructed, but the teacher teaches them something that is maybe not right. And you say, Wow, I disagree with what the teacher taught them. The instructor instructed them in a way that was not according to the word God truth. Instructors sometimes err. A spiritual father, yes, can err, but a spiritual father ought to have the gospel focused in his life and seek to lead others to Christ. A spiritual mother that ought to lead others to follow their Jesus Christ. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ must be proclaimed. The lost sheep must be found and brought to the fold. He describes the shepherd to cause the sheep to go astray Why? Drawing them away from the word of God. Where did we find Jesus when he was 12 years old? Remember Jesus? He goes to the temple with his parents. He went there every year, the Bible tells us. His parents took him there. But when Jesus turned 12, he, he arrives at the temple and his parents kind of lose track of him as they're finishing the festivities and they leave. They come back and find Jesus the next day in there with the doctors disputing with them and teaching them the word of God and asking them questions In Luke 2, he says in verse 49, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? You say, what was the father's business? It was taking the gospel to those who needed Christ. But Jesus, we see, he submitted to his parents went home and followed him. He came back, my friend, just a day later. He came back, and he came back and made an influence upon their lives preaching the gospel. They uphold the gospel with their life. Paul describes this relationship. He says, I've begotten you as a child in the faith. It's great to have a child, my friend, but it's even greater to have a spiritual child. Uh, if you have no spiritual children, desire for them. Uh, in the natural sense, infertility is a great possibility. Think of Abraham, his wife, Sarah, and I have a child. But in the spiritual sense, infertility is not really... From God's sense, an option. As a Christian, we can have spiritual children. There is no reason why we can't. Okay? And as a child of God, if we love the Lord and walk with God, say, Lord, help me to uphold the gospel with my life. To focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I want to tell others about my father's business. In 1 Corinthians 4, Notice Paul said, you have 10,000 instructors, yet have ye not many fathers. See, the instructor and the father are not the same. The father has spiritual children, the instructor educates the children of others. Too often we desire to educate others in the things of God, but yet we're our own spiritual children who we are yet influence for Christ. A spiritual father, a spiritual mother, they uphold the gospel with their life. friend talking about spiritual children right now. We all can have them. They also stay true to the word of God. They stay true to the word of God. Look at Matthew in chapter 4. Look at what Jesus said to Satan. Matthew in chapter 4. Jesus here speaking to Satan as Satan has challenged him. Jesus says, Fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, Afterwards, he was hungry. The guy would be hungry, too, after fasting for 40 days. The devil tells him to take these stones and make them into bread. Jesus answered in verse 4, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He said, the word of God is where our life, where our strength comes from. So a spiritual father must stay true to the word of God. Think about this, if you would. Truth is timeless. Is it not? But traditions become irrelevant. Let me explain to you that. As Americans, we have a tradition with the National Anthem, don't we? Remember this tradition maybe when you grew up? Maybe you saw your parents or grandparents do it? Putting our hand over our heart when we sing the National Anthem. It's a tradition, right? But it's a very rare thing that anyone still does it today. We are to face the flag, put our hand over our heart, and remove our hats. It's part of the flag hope. It's a tradition, and I love that tradition, my friend, but if you go to a public event, you'll see the tradition has become forgotten. It's lost its meaning, and it's rare to see someone with their hand over their heart during the national anthem. In Bible times, do you know how long the worship services were? They were several hours of praising God. If you go to other cultures around this world, where they're worshiping God, They'll have a church service that will last for three hours. Here in America, if they have a church service that lasts for three hours, you would think uh, that, uh, well, I guess I will go back there. That church service was too long, right? And uh, we live in a day in which we really do not value much the Word of God. Here in America, uh, it's limited often to just 55 minutes on a Sunday. But for them, it was a daily thing. In the Bible, we read they went from house to house and they worship God, and they also preach the word of God and take the gospel to every person. They stay true to the word of God. Indeed, our traditions have changed. And the way in which they worship God in the Bible times has changed vastly from the way in which we worship God today. We think we've done God a great service if we go to church one week. My friend, it's far more than that. It's worshiping God in spirit and truth with all of our heart, serving Him with daily devotion, making our lives focused around the gospel. I challenge you, don't just come to church and hear the Word of God. Take the Word of God home and teach it to your children. Teach it to sons in the faith. Find somebody you can study the Word of God with and study the Word of God with them. Don't talk about the things you may agree or disagree with about others and about different instructors in the faith. Instead, talk about the Word of God and what God wants to teach you and seek to grow in the Word of God. I ask you this morning a simple question. Would you ask God to help you to have a burden to have your own sons in the faith? He says you have 10,000 instructors but not many fathers. Lord help me to be a father in the faith. And Lord help me to influence others. Lord help me to be a good mother in the faith. Help me to influence others to follow my Jesus. And this in just a few weeks as we're going to have a Vacation Bible school, we're seeking to take the faith that we have in this generation and take it to another generation and take and pass the truth of the gospel on to others. We need to ask God to help us with that. And we to pass that truth along. So we might pass the good news on to those who are coming. My friend, they sure need Jesus more than ever. Let's ask God to help us with this, and let's stand for prayer this morning. Spiritual children in the fellowship of believers following Christ. We ought to have a burden. Lord, help me have a spiritual child in the fellowship of believers who will be following Jesus, who will be just as excited about Jesus as you are. My friend, I pray that you're excited about Jesus. You're excited about the gospel changing lives. Let us ask God to really help us to renew our desire to reach others for Jesus. that we might be fathers in the faith, mothers in the faith, those who influence others to follow Jesus Christ. It's more than just talking about it. We need to put it to action. Lord, help me today to be Lord, help me today to be a good example. Lord, help me today to find somebody else that I can encourage. Lord, help me today to grow. And if you need a father in the faith, why don't you ask God to give you one? Why don't you seek to follow the example that God sets before you? Their heads bowed and eyes closed. Let's ask God to help us with this. And Lord, I pray that you would help each of us, that we might be a good example to those around us. And Father, I pray that today, as we celebrate the 4th of July, we thank you for our founding fathers. Many of them were professors in Jesus Christ. Help us today to be willing to die for our faith, to be willing to lay down our life for our faith. And Lord, to be so concerned and burdened about the, our sons in the faith, our daughters in the faith, that we might, it might compel us to go out of our way to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you so much for those who taught us the word of God. We thank you so much for those who were fathers to us in the faith. We pray you help us to take the good news to others and to see to have spiritual children in the faith. As you help us with this this morning. It's in Christ's name we do With your heads bowed and I you just God is speaking to you. You say, you know, Pastor, you know, God wants me. I know God wants me to help Help me have children in the faith. And I, I want to have and be a spiritual example to others. I want to influence others, even as Paul did, in some small way. I want to make a difference in the kingdom of God. I'm asking God to help me with that today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand right up and right back down? I want to ask God to help me today. Amen. We have children in the faith. Amen. I want to ask God to help me. Anyone else? I want to ask God to help me to have children in the faith. And as the piano begins to play, would you just look out of your seat? Would you come and ask the Lord to help you with that? Would you come down here and say, Lord, would you help me have spiritual children in the faith? Lord, help me to reach somebody else. Lord, help me to influence somebody else. Lord, help me that somebody else might follow my Jesus. Let's come forward and do this with the Lord. Those of you watching my way of last God bless you. Say, how can we apply this? Make the gospel the reason for everything. Um, the reason we went rigorously. People need the Lord. People need help. Stay more faithful to this Lord than the traditions of many. Truth is timeless. Traditions will become irrelevant. You say, what do I mean by that? Why don't you go to the museum this week and see how many traditions other people from different cultures that used to live in this land have? And those traditions are relics sitting in the museum. When we no longer practice those traditions, and my friends, traditions do change with the God and for let's focus on the truth of the gospel, how to win other people in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you next uh, next Sunday. Let's uh, encourage one another to be a part um, of outreach. Sunday, July 11th at 4 p.m. I encourage you to be a part, invite somebody else. We're going to go in this in this neighborhood right around church. We're going to go into Grandville as well. Be very close by. Encourage you. Just even if it's 20, 30 minutes, you just go and even stick some flyers in the door. You want to join us? Come be a part of outreach on that day. It'll be a wonderful time of fellowship, encouraging others to find hope in the gospel.